One of these mics isn't the same. One of these mics doesn't fit. What does that mean? My mic's different. <laughs> see, that's how you get to relax. See, that's what I Welcome to Flipping Off, a purpose-driven podcast about flipping houses and making a difference. Aloha, everybody. Melina Boswell here, co-founder of New Wealth Advisors Club. Today, uh, I have, I'm really, really excited to uh, introduce you to my actually good friend. Uh, and I can say that honestly, my friend, Adrian Bradley. Say hello, Adrian. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> She's really nervous. So uh, it's okay. Uh, and I have also with me, Mr. Tim Wilkinson. Hi. And Oscar Solaris. Hello. And Kevin is here. Sito. Kevin Sito. Okay. And in the back, we have Mr. Andrew Boswell. Hey, hey. All right. So, uh, and Andrew and Sito are not mic'd up, but the rest of us are. So, uh, well, welcome to the podcast today. I'm excited for you guys to uh, listen to and meet, um, like I said, my friend Adrian Bradley and why we are. Uh, having her here today, and it's, I'm just going to tell you guys. Here's the truth: is right before we we started recording, you know, I, I asked the question. So, what all are we going to talk about with Adrian? Right? There's so many, uh, so many possibilities. There's so many veins we could go down uh, when we're talking about Adrian and letting people know who she is. And we're in a deal right now together, and it's really exciting. And so I said, "Oh, are we going to talk about that deal?" And Andrew said, mm, "Nah, I don't think we need to do that yet." I think that um, we need people need to hear who Adrian is and what she's about and what she stands for, and and then everybody fully agreed with that. So I think that's uh, where we should start. So Adrian, um, why don't you just share with us, um, everybody out there? Uh, first of all, how long have you been a member um, of the club? I've been a member of New Wealth Advisors Club since January two thousand and fifteen. Okay, <laughs> that's really oh. funny. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know it was that long? Oh. Yeah. You thought it was... Coming up on four years now? Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. Actually five when you think about it, because January... Yeah. She's already hit... I would say, yeah. She's already hit that, so... Wow. Um, That's really crazy to think about, but it makes sense, because I did identify her as... I identified you as my friend, which uh, I, I really... It's a unique thing. You know, I have friends, but I, you know, you're my real friend, and I appreciate that. Our friendship, huh? You're mine. Mm-hmm. I know it's true. You know how that is, guys, right? People tell you they're they're your friend, and then you know, and they disappear, <laughs> or they stab you in the back, right? <laughs> wow. Totally, yeah, totally. When things get tough, they run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what friends do. So, um, you've been a really, really good friend for me, and so I'm greatly, greatly. Um, appreciative of that so you've been with us for that long and would you tell us uh, what your background was like yeah professionally I was um for 30 some years I was a professional secretary and you could say executive assistant mm-hmm. I finished out with the city of um, Rialto mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's basically all I did all my life was be a professional secretary <laughs> yeah oh and that's a yeah I mean yeah, that's still a, a very unique and needed skill set. It's a valuable skill set. More so, I'm, I think you're downplaying it a little I bit. I agree, I agree. All right, so we're going to dig into that. I, I was just a professional secretary thing because you were actually the, the assistant to, was it the director level or? 
The director of development services, yeah. Okay. So really, we, we refer to that person as the gatekeeper. Yeah. Which means that typically that person knows a lot of what's going on in the department and who to fend off and who to allow to come into that director's world mm-hmm. at, at a given time, right? True. So mm-hmm. actually, it's way more than what you're making it out to be because <laughs> my experience has been in corporate America is that the gatekeeper kind of calls the shots. Right. And if the gatekeeper doesn't know you or doesn't like you, you're, you're not uh, getting anything done. Nothing is happening. See, now you're smiling, right? <laughs> She's like, well, don't tell everybody that I actually had all the power. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, and, so yeah. don't, don't downplay it. Yeah, please don't. So uh, – and then, you know, I don't, I don't know that I know this question. Uh, I don't know that I know this answer. I mean, what, uh, what were you looking for when you came to the club? Like Family. Really? That's all I was looking for was family. What? Oh, sorry. I did not know that. Did you know that? Were you, or were you thinking it was something else? Well, after um, Aaron had talked to, I forget now who he talked to Mm -hmm. initially. I'm thinking it's Julie. Mm -hmm. But he said, he came back home and he said, Mommy, I found, because you know, I did the Carlton sheets and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, (laughs) he said, I found what you've been looking for. I said, and I told him, shut up. You know, and so he said, "No, you've got to go with me. I just need you to pay the money." <laughs> so um, I had to pay for him and me. <laughs> you know, and so I mean, it's just—it was just so weird because um, just as soon as you walked in the door, it's like something—I don't know. This may sound weird, but something just like it felt like okay. You know, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know how to express it any other way. Mm-hmm. And so family, that's what I've always been looking for, family. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have my children. Mm-hmm. I have my parents. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't really family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in, in the sense of like real relationship that's, that's honest and that is um, deep and that is, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. God-fearing. Ooh. Mm. Hmm. That makes sense. Hmm. Okay. So, wow, that took me back. I thought you were going to say, well, I was, you know, ready to get out of, you know, I was going to retire. And so I was looking for something else to do. <laughs> wanted to make some money. Yeah. Well, I always want to do my nonprofit yeah. when I retired. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So, but I always wanted real estate, but I couldn't do, be an agent because I didn't pass the test twice. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> You know, back That's in the so 80s, funny. you know, you need 60. Oh, back in the 80s. Yeah, you needed like 69 to pass. I would get 68, you know, so I was like, forget it. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. I feel pretty confident you could pass it today if you wanted to, but you know, you don't want to do it. I don't it. need to be a real estate agent. Exactly. You don't even want to. You don't need another job. Yeah. So, um, so why don't you talk to us a little bit about what uh, your experience has been like in terms of, you know, I, I think Tim actually said one of the things that your favorite stories about Adrian is. Why don't you share what your favorite story is? Sure. Uh, my favorite story about Adrian is like when her first deal, you know, her first deal took a while, but it was a deal that um, most people would never have gotten, mm-hmm. you know, because she, she tracked down this homeowner of a vacant property for over a year. Yeah. 
you know, most people would give up on that long before. Yeah. And it took it took a long time for her to track this person down, but she finally tracked down the homeowner, and the homeowner was ready to sell. <laughs> yeah, it's a funny thing. One of the one of the um, acquisition strategies, or one of the lead generating strategies that we teach at the club, is to go after vacant properties that are owned. Uh, by the person, by a person, and find the person and see. I mean, what are the chances are that they want to sell when, when because it's vacant, right? And so, but most people won't take the time. They walk up on a vacant, and then they, you know, if they can't find the owner by you know one quick thing, they just give up. They quit, which right. is the truth with everything, isn't it? Right. People fail because they quit. I um, feel, feel like it's a good, a really good strategy because you know Adrian was working full time, and mm-hmm. it's a really good strategy to be able to. It's one of those things that you can do, you know, at midnight or at 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what her process was, but it's one of those things you can do after hours when nobody else is actually working mm-hmm. to try to find this homeowner. And then, um, and that is you know. what you did, right? Didn't you say that's what you would do? Yeah. I would just do other stuff and then come back to it and then do other stuff and then come back to it, have a drink, come back to it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> when I got stuck. Get and the not- creative juices flowing. Yeah. 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 And yeah. then one night, just you know, the numbers were transposed on the address in all the legal documents and everything. Mm-hmm. Remember, remember Oscar? I remember that, yeah. And yeah. something told me to switch the numbers. <laughs> and How about that? It was probably the wine. <laughs> it definitely wasn't wine. But <laughs> yeah. And so I switched the numbers, and then that's how I was able to, remember? That's think, how I was yeah. able to get the homeowner. What about that? Yeah. And she said they had been looking for... Somebody to buy the property. And so then you got Oscar involved. Yes. Yeah. So that was a great, that's a great story. It's all, I think it's one of our most favorite stories because there are so many twists and turns in that deal. Yeah, there's a lot of problems. Title issues, uh, yeah. liens from the yeah. city, tax liens, all kinds of stuff going on with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was good. It was fun. But we got those liens down because remember they were, what, 30-some thousand? We got them down to three? Mm-hmm. Working with the city area? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> true, Just huh? pushed and pushed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, And you ended up getting a sweet payday there. Yes. And so did that um, – that was like your first payday. And so did that change your perspective? Like, hey, maybe this, this can really work or tell me. I always felt like it could work, mm-hmm. but I just felt like – because to me, I've always done things, and I when I do something, I do it to the fullest. Mm-hmm. And if I commit myself to do something, I'm going to continue doing it. But it always, everything never worked for me. Mm-hmm. And so I did, I did a lot of praying, and it was just like, and when this was taking forever, mm-hmm. I was like, remember I said to you one time um, that God doesn't feel like I remember I, he said he doesn't feel like I'm ready for it. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's why it was it wasn't coming through, wasn't getting paid, and it took a while to get paid. And then once he felt like, okay, you can handle this, mm. we got paid. <laughs> it's really funny. Most people don't understand that idea that, and and it is a truth that especially if you're working with us in the club, and and it does have everything to do with us being God fearing. I'm just going to say it like it is what it is. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I believe that with wealth comes responsibility. And, you know, when people get, you know, people can be very dangerous with big paydays. And I've seen it. We've watched it how many times we've seen people really be hurt by making too much money, especially. Uh, and it really doesn't have everything to do with their age in as much as it has to do with uh, experiences in life or maybe where they are personally. 
And uh, so I, I believe that's the absolute truth. And, but I didn't tell you that, right? You, you told me that's what you knew. Yeah, that's what I figured out. Yeah. Hi, this is Christian Rios. As many of you know, I have been a member of New Wealth Advisors Club for over seven years and got started when I was 17 years old with absolutely no real estate experience. One of the biggest lessons I have learned from being in the industry is the need for authentic relationships. If you're looking for an actual team locally in Southern California with all the resources needed to close deals, register for one of our free workshops by visiting www.joinnwac.com. Thanks for listening to the Flipping Off podcast. Yeah. So um, fast forward, you've been able to now close some deals and and um, you're making some money. And, uh, you know, we, we just had a recent situation where we're entering into a, a partnership agreement. Uh, we are here at this table, which is really amazing, which is a long-term, uh, very long-term buy and hold strategy. And so we're excited by that. Uh, but through it, Adrian, um, would you talk a little bit about uh, restoring dignity? <laughs> Can you share the story about restoring dignity? Because I think everybody should hear it from you. Well, I have a sister that, um, that 99% of the time she's living on the streets. And um, and then I have a few other people that I know that live on the streets. And I kept saying, you know, because they don't have, you see them walking around, you see them. And then, you know, one time I was driving in Brea and I saw my sister and I'm like, you know, they've got to have stuff. You know, like people don't, they don't have toothbrushes. They don't have, you know, just the simple essentials. Mm-hmm. And so, By the way, your your sister chooses this yes. lifestyle. So yeah. this is what she chooses. Yeah. I think yeah. it's important for people to know that because it isn't like she has to. She This is what she chooses. Right, because she right. feels like she has her own uh-huh. yeah. because she can't keep a job. Mm-hmm. You know, she gets good jobs, but she goes into the jobs and wants to tell the people what to do. And, you know, on the first day. <laughs> so she, uh, she, she definitely wants to be in control. Yeah. She's not a people person. I always say that she should be living in the forest. Uh-huh. And just playing with the animals. Uh, because like when she lived with us, uh-huh. I said, Elisa, you can't live in the house with us and not speak to us. <laughs> so she started talking to the dogs, our dogs. Yeah, yeah. She's that type of person. Right, right. So I had set my um, son and daughter down one day. And I said, you know, we've got to do something. I want to do something. And then when you you started doing the bags. Mm-hmm. The bags of like, love. Mm-hmm. Yes, the bags of love. I was like, Aaron. I was so excited because that was like one of the things I always wanted to do too. And so then when it stopped, I got a little depressed, you know, and I was like, how can we keep this going? And so then Aaron said, why don't we just start doing it? Because you want to do something for the homeless and everything. And I'm like, yes, let's start doing it. So we started doing it, you know, getting the bags together and just, you know, at first we were just passing out bags. Mm Mm-hmm. And having conversations with the people and everything. And then I said, well, no, you know, I want something so they could see that. I guess it's like I get, you know, I gave this bag, Mm. you know, because I want to make a difference. Mm. So then that's when we came up with Restoring Dignity Mm -hmm. and we started putting it on the bags. Mm -hmm. And then I said, I wanted something to remember Dave by, too. Mm -hmm. So Aaron said, well, let's put it on the bag. <laughs> you know, so I talked to Melina about it, and she said, yeah, go ahead. 
And so we did it. And so then now we're um, filling the bags up with essentials, you know, that, you know, people need and having conversations with them, you know. And then um, I want to eventually get to, um, you know how you see the showers, the traveling showers? Yeah, yeah. I want to eventually get to where we can do something like that. Mm-hmm. So um, we're supposed to meet with um, my daughter's godmother. She ra- writes grants for L.A. County mm-hmm. schools. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to get with her on Monday, mm-hmm. um, and she's going to um, start writing grants for us so we can get money mm-hmm. so that we can. Wait, so-, so are you saying you opened up a nonprofit? Yes. Well, we filed for our 501c3, but it was rejected because mm-hmm. we said we'd be smart and do it on our own and not, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Not hire somebody. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we've got to refile again. So we're just trying to figure out who do we go through. Do we go to LegalZoom or, what, mm-hmm. you know. We, so we have a referral for you. Did you know yeah. that? You should have just asked. <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> okay. And so um, we're going to meet with her on Monday because she's going to start writing grants for us to, so we could start getting money instead of – because we've been using, you know, all of our own money to, you know, fund, it. fund the bags, fund, mm-hmm. you know, everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you guys um, – yeah, did, did you want to add something, Oscar? Did you want to – I think just – I just want people to understand that um, the caliber of person that's sitting in this room with us, mm-hmm. right? And, and and I'll say this because she won't. Mm-hmm. Um, the the example that Tim gave right just shows the tenacity that she has mm-hmm. to to get things done. <clears throat> Hence the reason that she was a gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. Totally right. Totally. Uh, and because of that skill set that she developed as being a gatekeeper, she's now able to really do the things that she's been wanting to do mm-hmm. because she has the freedom to do those things. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I just want people to really understand that. You know, you mentioned earlier that we're in a partnership with Adrian now mm-hmm. for a, a different type of, uh, and we'll talk more down the road about it. Right. That's not something that's offered no. to just anyone. No. Right. It's it's a special someone mm-hmm. that we allow into that circle for ourselves. For sure. To make sure that everything has to be at work. Right. Mm-hmm. The dynamics and the synergies have to all be there. So, just I just want people to really understand how special a lady Adrian really is. And the heart that she has, right? Because everything she does is for others. For sure. She's, ne- she's never – it's never about her. Mm-hmm. Right? And I know when we were in our valley and all that, right, she was the only one that I can absolutely swear to that reached out yep. and and yep. touched us in, in, in different ways. So, it's- Do you know that, Adrian? No. Yeah. And he's talking about when Dave died. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was just being me. I mean – right. Yeah, but um, <clears throat> we talked about how people, you know, they say that you're your friend, but, you know, friendship is is reciprocal. And uh, most people are like to be on the um, receiving end of friendship. Um, I don't like that. I know you don't. That's why you're my yeah. friend. <laughs> because, but that's the truth. And so the, the reality is, is that we have lots of friends, you know, and, and I say friends, but truly um, who you who you are is a good friend like there's no other way to say it because you are true through and through you are true and that is so uh, unique yeah because it was even at that that time Mm -hmm. we couldn't even reach out to each other right right because we're dealing with our own stuff right and and so we we couldn't we were there for each other physically when Mm -hmm. we saw each other and all that but when we were remote 
we were all in our own little dungeon dealing with whatever we were dealing with. But you were like that little light that came yep. through, right? Yep. To to carry us through it. So I, I just want you to know that I, I personally true. appreciate all of that mm-hmm. and who you have been in our lives. For sure. So, and I just – again, I just want people to really understand, right, that – this is the type of environment that we have mm-hmm. and the people that we attract. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, I remember um, when it happened with Dave and you did a Facebook, you know, letting everybody know. And I remember, Oscar, you saying in it to, um, you know, like give Melina and her family their space. And and I said, <laughs> no. I said, no. I'm Help her to friend. The no. Yeah, I'm her friend. I'm your guys' friend. If I'm your friend, I'm not giving you space. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, and I remember Shami said, no, you can't text them. I said, yes, I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you showed up. Mm-hmm. I was so, so happy. Mm-hmm. You just showed up at my house. Mm-hmm. I was so thankful. And I just remember coming downstairs and she just had the broom. She was just sweeping my kitchen. Her and Aaron cleaning up my kitchen. Just yeah, I told Aaron, we're going to be Hazel today. You know, Hazel the maid. Remember the- <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, but that's what friends do. You just show up and you, you don't have to have an agenda. Right. You just showed up and you just like, you're like, oh, the floor, you know, it looks like Melina hasn't wiped down the counter because I'm sure I hadn't. And, you know, you just stepped in as my friend and just saw what needed to be done and did it. And you're right. You're exactly right. And I had a few people, you know, say, oh, I was told not to. And I, and I just was like, well, you understand why, you know, is that I, I, we can be bombarded and overwhelmed um, because most people don't know how to show up and just be a friend and serve. Most people show up and they want to, you know, I, I don't know, talk, talk to you or they expect something from you. Right. And that's what, that's what they were trying to protect me from. Yeah, I call those ass associates. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yes. Is that three S's? Or? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I totally get that. I appreciate that. Um, so the the bags of love have now turned um, into something that's becoming. It's starting to catch fire. I think because mm-hmm. so. they they really are. Uh, I had I got a text message from Sandy. Actually, I was just thinking as you were sharing. I was thinking, man, I wish I had my phone with me right now because I would read what uh, what. The, the message that Sandy sent me when she handed out the bag of love, she talked to me about uh, the man who she gave it to. She shared his name. Is she behind me right now in the studio? So, hey, Sandy, maybe you can send that message that you sent to me. Maybe send it to Tim because Tim has his phone in here. And then uh, maybe we can read it. That'd be a kind she of just, cool. Yeah. She just she ran just, off. Oh, so she just ran. Gonna, That's so get funny. It. Yep. You know, you guys, when we're in the studio, there's a, um, I don't know what that spaceship thing is, like the cockpit in there. Like it's... <laughs> It's command central. It's command central. Uh, and so it has like a window and so they can see us, but my back is to them. And so as I'm talking, I can see like Kevin is pointing like, hey, Sandy's right there. So I was – anyway, it would be good for you to just read it because the, the call to action is that um, we don't want to just hand out bags, right? We We want to get to know the person, talk to them, treat them like an actual human. Right. And find out their story. Mm-hmm. Right. And and not try to change them necessarily, right? We don't want to just change people and who they are. Like I really love the respect and the honor that you give to your sister and who she is. Like she is uniquely made. Yes. And you, what I hear from you is you saying, hey, this is how my sister is. This is who she is. And I love her and I want her to have the items that she needs, which do give her dignity, like soap deodorant, a toothbrush, right? To, to have basic 
needs and um and I think it's such a beautiful and powerful thing, and I think it is so indicative of who you are, Adrian. So do you have it there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is what Sandy sent me, and I don't know if you – you probably don't know this, so I'm going to share it with you for the first time. She said, so I just handed the care bag to Josh. He was sitting in the parking lot floor next to his wheelchair. He was missing his left leg, which got ran over seven years ago. He has no support and family, unfortunately. I explained to him about the bag and told him about Dave Boswell and who he was and how he inspired to create the bags and what it meant. I started to get really emotional talking to him. He said he could use this stuff, and he was very thankful. Awesome. <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is what I wanted to happen because they are somebody, and people – you know, look at them. Like if you go to stores, people look at them and think, you know, oh, you know, they did this to themselves. They, mm-hmm. A lot of them didn't do it to themselves. But then then something that really, I was like, man, you know, a lot of the people on the streets, one thing that they make sure they maintain, mm-hmm. they have a gym membership. Mm-hmm. A lot of them have mm-hmm. a gym membership mm-hmm. so they can go take a shower. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them say that they get – when the people see them regularly coming, they cancel their memberships, mm. you know, because they realize that they're living on the streets and they're just coming there to, you know. So, like, one gentleman, I asked him, well, why don't you go work out then? Mm-hmm. You know, because if they see you working out, they can't. Right. You know, he's like, because I don't want to work out. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, yeah. But some of them told me that they actually cancel. Which is crazy because what's the difference? Right. You know, they're paying I, for that membership. Absolutely. If they've paid for that membership, that does seem absurd. Somebody should, anyway. It's just because people don't understand. I feel like we should do something about that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, I want to get to the point where, like, we're trying to decide, like, for Thanksgiving and holidays, we want to get to the point where we have meals for them, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Full meals, you know, like traditional meals mm-hmm. or. You know, my family, we don't do traditional meals anymore because you get tired of that. Mm-hmm. So, you, like last year we had for Christmas, it was a fish fry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know. I you was know, invited. I should have come. Yeah, you should have. You missed out. I did. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a brood. <laughs> I have my own brood of people. Well, so. We have plenty of food. <laughs> we, but, may, we may take you up on that this yeah. year, FYI. <laughs> yeah, but I want to get to the point to where our – Restoring dignity gets to the point where it's able to start doing stuff like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. That's always been mm-hmm. something I want to do. Mm-hmm. So has it? It's always been something like. And do you feel like you know? I'm going to do a little plug on the on the club, I guess. But do you, do you feel like the club provoked you? Do you feel like Dave provoked you to do it? Oh, most definitely. Because before I was like, I guess I could say um, too scared mm-hmm. to do it because. I feel like I was going to fail because everything else I tried to do, it failed. Mm. So I didn't want to do something like that to where, you know, okay, I help you help a few and then I don't help anymore because then that would be failure because, but being in this club helped me to continue Mm. to keep going. Mm -hmm. You know, even though I was always a person that if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And if I say I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there, Mm -hmm. but nothing ever worked out. Mm. But since I've been in the club, it's everything I try to do now is working out. Hmm. So hmm. I'm in the right place. Hmm. Thank you. Is there anything you'd want to add, Tim, that you'd like to say about? I don't. 
I'm just inspired by you. Mm, me too. Uh, I'm I'm very grateful um, for you on so many levels, Adrian. So many levels. I know. I think we've hit a few of them today uh, on who you've been, but you you are now uh, in in what's happened over the last five years. I I just had this revelation is that you know you've become a, a pinnacle, a pinnacle, mm. a um, an integral. <laughs> Not pinnacles at top, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, an integral part of the club. Like you are part of the like the fabric. I guess that's the the word I was trying to come up with. You are part of the fabric, the of the club and what we represent. And so I I don't know how else to say thank you, you know, and uh, you know other than saying thank you and I love you, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, because. I'm alive because of you, Dave. Bottom line. Because <laughs> I didn't picture myself being 60 and still here. But you made me want to stay here. So thank you. Thank you, guys. And we love you for being here with us still. Okay, I'm so going to be I'm, so pissed. <clears throat> yeah. No, you're, I agree. It's, um, there's the members Mm -hmm. and then there's Adrian, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) Not the average, uh, Jane, I guess, instead of Joe, Mm. not the average person that comes to the club, not the average person that sticks around and does things. It's, uh, she's definitely, yeah, I think you hit it. She's part of the fabric of what the club represents and what the club does. So I'm thankful for you being in our lives as well. Uh, there's a, there's a lot to learn from you, and there's a lot of uh, I think I agree with Tim. Just you, you definitely inspire us and inspire others. So you just keep being you and doing the things that you do. And I didn't know why that rhymed, but <laughs> I was just thinking, you know, uh, something that just really like penetrated my my heart is that we've always known that NWAC changes lives. You know, and and today I think it just became very apparent and very real to me that we save lives too, that it saves lives. It's not we, it's, right, we've talked before how not one person is more important than the club. It is the club as it exists, as a culture, as an organization, that is what changes and saves lives. And so, just wow. But you have to believe in the people that are the founders of the club, too, in order for, to believe that you deserve to be here, you should stay here. You know, it's not not just the club, but you have to believe in Melina and Dave too. All right, well, um, we are flipping out. Bye, guys. I'm Melina Boswell, your host of the Flipping Off podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, we'd love for you to subscribe, give us a five-star rating, and tell your friends all about us. You can find more episodes of the Flippin' Off podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you like to listen to awesome podcasts like this. If you like what you've heard, we'd really appreciate it if you'd follow us on Facebook and Instagram and tell us the stories that you'd like to hear. Tim Jackson is our senior producer. Luke Jackson is our editor. Brothers. Josh Maldine is our producer. Sound design by Frequency Factory. Our executive producer is Mind and Mill. This was all created by Dave Boswell for New Wealth Advisors Club. <laughs>